All right, Jenica, how does your name appear on your birth certificate? Jenica Sue Franson. All right, so tell me about the name. Okay, so my mom... Now, you weren't born a Franson. No. Okay, what's okay, your maiden my name? My maiden name is Sorensen. Okay, gotcha. Yes, Sorensen, I forget that. Um, <laughs> so my mom had a good friend in school, uh-huh. and she had a sister named Jenica, so she always liked the name, so that doesn't have any special meaning, but Sue is my grandmother's name. Wow. So my mom's mom's name, so... And did you know Grandma Sue? Yes, okay. Grandma Sue is still alive, and my oldest daughter is Chloe Sue, so... Also, it's getting passed down. Yeah, getting awesome. passed down, so... And where were you born? I was born here in American Fork. Nice. Yeah. So haven't uh, ventured off anywhere? No. My, I mean, why would you, right? It's why America. would you leave, right? It's perfect. No, uh-huh. my parents are from American Fork as well. They were high school sweethearts at American Fork High, and that's where Josh and I met too. Were you high school sweethearts? We were. Nice. Oh. It works out. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, and then uh, wh- how would you describe just your growing up years? Like what part of Nor- uh, what part of American Fork did you live in? Yeah, so I lived up north, so I don't know if anyone knows where the cemetery is, but I grew up in the neighborhood just north of the cemetery. American okay. Fork people, Snob Hill is what they called it. Knob <laughs> Hill is the technical term, but it was <laughs> Snob Hill back in the day. So I grew up on Snob Hill. Nice. So just nice. north of the cemetery, so it was great. I didn't even know that American Fork extended this far south uh-huh. of the tracks and down this way. So uptown in a neighborhood, it was awesome. Yeah. Great growing up right across the street from the church building. Tons of good people, lots of good yeah. friends up there. Pretty traditional Latter-day Saint upbringing. You know what? My parents are both members. They were married in the temple, sealed, and were inactive off and on throughout my whole upbringing. So oh, baptized wow. when I was eight by my grandfather. And then my parents have been kind of off and on my whole life, still yeah. to this day, but so, so great and supportive of yeah. our lifestyle and so our So what do you remember from your baptism? Was it sort of, it seemed like out of the norm that you were suddenly doing this religious thing? You know, we went to primary. My mom always sent us to primary across the street, and my mom came with us quite a bit. She was one time a primary teacher and young women's leaders growing up. So the baptism, I'd seen all my friends do it. I credit mm-hmm. a lot of my, my church life to good friends. I had yeah. amazing friends living up there, and I could feel a difference in their home, and I knew something was different. So it was their example, really, that carried me through clear until I got married. Wow. Yeah. And uh, still in contact with a lot of those friends? Yeah, a okay. lot of them. A lot of us have stayed close. And Josh and I being the same age, we've a lot of my friends have married his friends or people we know. So we've got a great group of That's friends. That's cool. Been together forever. So what's the, the makeup of your family? So I'm the oldest. And then I have a sister that's two years younger than me, and she actually just lives in Lehigh, so we're super, super close. And then my youngest sister, she's four years after that, and she lives in Idaho. So three girls. Nice. So yeah. Nice. And you're all pretty close for the most part? Yeah, yeah. way close. Yeah, nice. my sister is the first one to ever leave the state out of all of my extended family, even. Hmm. So she's still close by, but yeah, we're super, super close. We see, talk to my mom four or five times a day. We're mm-hmm. super close. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, like, defined your, your growing up years? I mean, anything come, like hobbies or things your family did or? Yeah, so we liked, we traveled a lot growing up. We always, one thing I remember is going on cruises. We always went on oh, cruises. Really? That was like our thing that, that we did. My dad owned a business growing up, so he was busy a lot with work. So we would we did travel a lot on the weekends. We danced a lot, me and my sisters. We danced all the time hmm. and then did cheerleading. So that was a big hobby for us. But we spent a ton of time together as a family. Us girls and my mom were inseparable, the four of us. So it was nice. awesome. And your parents still live in the same home? Yep, still live in the same home. We moved there when I was two years old and they've been there ever since and don't plan to leave. Mm-hmm. So cool. I love it, yeah. So uh, the high school years, you uh, when was the first time you interacted with your husband, Josh? Yes. ACT prep our junior year oh, of really? high school. Yes. It was, I had just turned 17 and that was the first time I met him. 
funny story. He was actually wanting to ask one of my good friends to the dance was it the prom I think it was Uh she had got asked by someone else in his ward so I was kind of the pity date all of his (laughs) friends were like just ask Jenica she's not going and you can still be in our group so Uh I was the pity date and then it turned into something so (laughs) so at the ACT prep like you were just in the the, like it was like a class together yeah and you just started talking and Mm -hmm. a friendship budded there yeah yeah. so I yeah and then you went to a dance then we went to prom and that was kind of the start of things I I was writing a missionary at the time who was two years older than us, so I wasn't super interested in Josh. And <laughs> Josh, I, he's going to kill me for this, but Josh in high school would wear cutoff jeans, cowboy boots, suspenders, this bullet necklace. He was like a cowboy. And he drove. <laughs> and that wasn't your style? <laughs> no, not my style at all, right? And he drove this little red truck and he had put a CB radio in it with this siren, and he would sit in the high school parking lot and and call people out while they were hiding under their seat and a siren would go off and I'd talk through this loudspeaker like he was just his own person. Oh my goodness. So it was not my style. So I kept thinking, I'm not interested in this, but eventually it came around. Okay, I, would you be willing to tell the story? What's the story about this missionary? You were a junior in high school writing a missionary. Yeah. That's not typical. No, I met. he was a senior when I was a sophomore and okay. I met him he played on the basketball team at the high school I was a high school cheerleader so I'd met him through friends that way and started dating him right when I turned 16 then he left on his mission and I wrote him off and on while I was in college but then kind of stopped that when I decided that Josh was the one so it yeah. was yeah and that was that I mean that the was typical, that. There's... typical yeah <laughs> but when you're 16 and a junior you think oh that's yeah. the person you're gonna marry right but it was yeah yeah so into like dance, cheerleading throughout high school, mm-hmm. anything else? I mean, where did you enjoy being like academics or? Yes, I really did like school and I did the MATC program. I think it's called MTech nowadays, but hmm. back in the day, that's going to date me. It was MTech and I did dental assisting there my senior year in high school. So that was oh. something I enjoyed and then worked as a dental assistant right out of high school, clear up until I had my second child actually. So hmm. that was a fun, wow. fun thing I did. And I, yeah, academics was always, I loved school. That always kind of came easy. Mm-hmm. for me. So mm-hmm. that was good. So any, um, like just you go to this dance with Josh and then you, that like, there's something special here and was it off and on for several years or like give us the, take us down the journey of the relationship. Yeah. Super off and on for a lot of years. Right. I, I was not very nice. I was <laughs> a high school girl. I look back and feel so bad, but Josh was very persistent. He would, I would come out of work in the evening and to find flowers or treats left on my car that he would leave me. So then I, We'd go on a few dates and then was not, couldn't decide because I still had that missionary, you know, right? Uh-huh. Thinking maybe that was the way we were going. So I off and on for a long, long time. And it wasn't until we graduated high school and went on a trip called Heritage Tours. I don't even know what they call it now, but it was hmm. a church history tour that we took back east. So all of us graduating seniors, we got on these buses and started here in American Fork and ended up going all over Nauvoo, Vermont, New York City, did all of that for a couple weeks. Wow. So awesome. We were both on it together. And at that point I was still trying to decide what I thought because there was lots of kids from other high schools coming. So I'm like, eh, we're friends, but nothing more than friends. There's lots of other (laughs) kids here, lots of other options. So it wasn't, it was actually on that trip. Um, funny story. We went to the Susquehanna river, all the girls stood on one side, the boys on the other, and we sang the armies of Helaman song together. And it was 
in that moment that I was like, all right, I think I can date and marry Josh. So that was kind of <laughs> where I gave, put down my guard. And after that, we were pretty inseparable. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. And then how long after that? So that was the summer of your, uh, your scene after your senior year. Yep. So that was 2009. Okay. So then we started dating. Josh uh, joined the military right after we graduated high school and went to basic training back east. Oh, and wow. I moved up to college at Weber State up in Ogden. So I uh, wrote him while he was in the military for those six months doing basic training in AIT. Then he left on his mission in June of 2010. So I finished out college, wrote him while he was on his mission, and then he came home June of 2012, and we were married in December. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So during that time when you were writing, it was, I mean, you were you were a thing, right? Like, yeah. It was, I, you were really pushing for that, that marriage to happen at some point. Yes, yes, I thought it would. But I mean, I was still dating and making sure that he was the one that's... His parents were the same way. His mom wrote his dad on his mission. So she was very much like, you should still date to Mm -hmm. be sure, be sure. So we made sure, but yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you remember just from those college years, just your own development or, I mean, what did you discover about yourself or any stories come to mind? Yeah, that was, it was a good experience. It was a new experience. I had never left Utah County. So I had very much been in the bubble my whole entire life. So Mm -hmm. I only moved an hour North, but it was totally different world living in Ogden. So So why Weber? I decided I wanted to settle, study dental hygiene. So that was the plan. So I just felt prompted that that was the school I should go to. Okay. So went up there to do the prerequisites, moved there knowing no one. I moved in with three roommates, all of them Southern Baptists that I, so I knew nothing about them, their lifestyle, anything. So they ended up being awesome girls, taught me a lot, super diverse environment, mm. had a lot of fun and Really kept myself a lot, though, just focused on my studies, right? Was a 4.0 student all through college, just thought I don't need need friends because I've got a missionary. So I lived with them, and then second semester ended up switching and moving in with some other girls that one was from France that was here as a foreign exchange student. So ended up becoming one of my best friends. Still to this day, we do a lot Hmm. together. So really fun for me up there. So finished school up and just... Had a good time. I worked the whole time I was there. I worked at a restaurant and as a dental assistant up there and didn't do a ton of social things, but it was a good, good growing experience to get away yeah. from home and be out on my own and really find myself. So, so. just a busy time, uh, busy. a little bit of social stuff, but you had your missionary, you're writing. So, yeah. um, uh, you're just focused on the task at hand. It sounds like, yeah, nothing yeah. too exciting. I think I did a couple taco Tuesdays at midnight, but nothing to, <laughs> nothing you, to event. Party all. animal. Yeah. All right. So at that point, like t- where was your faith at, at that point, you know, throughout high school, you're sort of following the lead of your friends type of, you know, doing the things that they were doing mm-hmm. and how did it progress through, through college? Yeah. So college was a little bit trickier because I was then on my own and didn't yeah. have many friends up there with the same faith as me. Right. But mm-hmm. I remember attending the student ward up there and being involved a lot of times on the weekend, I would come home and then be with my family. So that was probably my lowest time in my faith was when I, I was in college. I think I always knew the church was true. And Josh was a great example, you know, being on a mission and sending things home for me to read and things like that. But it was, it was a, a weaker time, I would say for sure. It's, it's mm-hmm. hard not having that support group. That's why I credit a lot of it to friends, mm-hmm. you know, having those influences around you. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So writing Josh, I mean, what, what did you write about? Was it just love notes and uh, sweet things like that? Or, I mean, how, how would, if you were telling your daughter who was writing missionary, how would you coach them in, in how to write a missionary? Mm, that's a good one. And you know, it was totally different back then. This, I, I feel so old because back then there was no, we didn't email. Right. Josh served in the Philippines. So we sent letters that took weeks and weeks 
to come. And yeah, you didn't, and he didn't call home other than on Mother's Day and Christmas. And his parents always we invited me like for that. We sound like old grandparents <laughs> now. It's like, back in my, yeah. Right. We did, but it's we true. We never talked, yeah. right? And so it was, I mean, we would, he would write letters to update me. Josh was horrible at writing and his <laughs> parents will attest to this. Like, I mean, he wrote home a few times. No one ever knew what was going on. And it so was it wasn't a weekly no. letter like on the day. <laughs> no, it was very, very little. I remember sending cards that I'd buy at the dollar store for like Valentine's or Halloween, all the holidays and send a card just catching him up on what was going on here. But it was very, very surface level. He was super, super focused on his mission as he uh-huh. should be, right? He was an amazing missionary. So I was just very much not letting him know a lot of what was going on at home. And he didn't let me know a lot of that either. So it was, we didn't write a whole ton. Was that, was that frustrating for you? I mean, that you weren't, I mean, you sent a letter maybe weeks ago by before or months maybe before you'd hear from him. Yeah. I remember it being frustrating, but just knowing his personality, I was like, Oh, that's, that's just normal. But I, I remember talking to him on, on mother's day and Christmas, his parents were so cute and would invite me over to, Mm -hmm. to visit with him on the phone and things. But yeah, we, I mean, we wrote, but it's nothing like it was now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So was there, I mean, during that time, was there ever thought of like, well, maybe like, maybe this isn't going to work out or I'm sort of distracted elsewhere. or I haven't, we haven't really connected in so long. I mean, or was it just, you always knew that he'd come home and that would happen? Yeah. I, I think I always knew. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe when you know, you know, but I just, yeah, I always felt like it would work out. So I just focused on my things and getting in a place that would be ready to get married when he got home and yeah. What do you remember the day when he did come home? What do I remember? Oh, I remember. I'm kind of extra. I like parties. I like <laughs> to plan events. Uh-huh. I remember convincing his mom that I was going to have shirts made for all of us to wear at the airport. So I had these shirts made for everybody. There was probably 40 or 50 of us. And I got the shirt size of all of his family members. And my family was there and had his face on the front and then some sayings on the back about the Philippines. I can't even remember what they all were. Mm-hmm. So I remember I got these shirts all made and distributed them to everyone. And we were all there at the airport. So I think nice. they thought I was crazy, but now they know, right? Nice. So we wore our shirts and I remember that. Then I remember we ate at Chukarama after. I don't know why that's where the good picked, American meal. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I remember that when he came home and yeah, nice. it was a good day. I remember then my family had gone camping in Yuba the next day after he came home. So I remember going with my family and him driving down for a day. Hmm. So yeah. Nice. And so how long after he got home did, were you engaged? We got engaged the beginning of August. So, and he came home the end of June. So it was just shy of two months after he had came home. That makes sense. Now, are you done with college at this point or you're... So I'd finished all my prerequisites to do dental hygiene. And then when he was getting close to coming home, I decided to move home and see what happened between us. Mm-hmm. So I moved home and then that's kind of when college stopped for me. So I graduated with gotcha. the associates and then when he got home and we got married, he decided to go to school and I just worked. Yeah. So you're uh, engaged in August mm-hmm. and then when did you get married? December 6th of that year. So right. yeah. And, uh, and where did you get married? We got married in the Mount Tibinogos temple. Nice. Was that always your temple? Like I mean, that was an easy decision. Yeah, or? that was an easy decision. I remember it was there was construction on the outside when we got married, but it <laughs> so it wasn't ideal for the pictures and things like that. But uh-huh. it was the middle of winter, so it it ended up being perfect. Did you have snow on the ground in your pictures? No, it was actually yeah. a pretty warm day. I remember my wedding dress was short sleeves, so it was oh, wow. a pretty pretty warm December day. And then we had our re- wedding reception at the Cedar Hills Golf Course, and I remember Josh golfing as we set up. <laughs> 
the reception with one of my friends. So nice. it must have been a nice day, no snow, because they were out on the course. Yeah. Yeah. I, we had a January wedding and we prayed for snow on the ground, but it didn't come. It was just dead yellow grass. So that's whatever. So it is what it is. So now you're into marriage life. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how long and how many kids do you have today? I have three. Okay. How long until the first one came? So we were married in 2012, and Chloe was born in 2015. Okay. So about three years. All right. Yeah. Anything, I mean, becoming a mom or just getting a marriage life, anything worth noting that you've learned or that you think about often? Mm. That, it's, that it's great, but it, it always comes with its challenges, right? It's always a work in progress, mm-hmm. I feel like. So mm-hmm. it's been awesome. We lived in Orem. Josh went to school full-time and worked full-time, and I worked. So those first years, right, everyone talks about the grind of those first years, yeah. and then Having your first baby, that's that was super special. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. reach that point when you feel like, okay, that's about more than just the two of us now, right? And then yeah. you have your baby, and that was an awesome experience. And especially having a daughter first for me, that was a super tender moment, and it was great. Yeah. And growing up, I mean, did you always envision yourself as the, the girl who wanted to be the mom? Is that was that was the goal, the end goal? Yeah, that was always the goal, and that's how my mom was. She was a stay-at-home mom my whole entire life. At every field trip, at every school thing, in the PTA, she was just super, super involved. And so that's always what I wanted was just to be involved and do everything with my kiddos. So, yeah. yeah. So maybe just give us a summary in, in, in January of 2024. How would you describe or summarize each of your children? Okay. Yeah. So Chloe's our oldest. She is eight years old and she is just the sweetest, nicest, kindest, biggest hearted girl ever. She's a little bit shy and reserved, but she's a lot like me in that way. We're Uh a little bit reserved and shy, but she's just the sweetest, would do anything for anyone, cares about everyone so deeply, and has such a strong testimony. She's just a golden child. Love her. Carson, he is just turned six, and he is our life of the party child. He Mm -hmm. is takes after my husband in that regard. (laughs) He is so full of confidence and thinks he is the best at everything, which is so fun. We're just channeling that into something good, but he, everyone loves him at school. People tease me that they see him at recess and all the boys are just following him everywhere he goes. So he's just super Hmm. fun, but has the biggest heart and everyone wants to be around him. And Grayson's our caboose and he is three, almost four. And he's just the sweetest little last baby spoiled and gets away with everything, right? Mm -hmm. Something about that last child, (laughs) but he's, he's darling. We love him. And he's, he's fun too. He's a little more reserved like Chloe, but he, he keeps us on our toes. We nicknamed him Dennis the Menace because he's he's cut his head open. We've done stitches already this year, and we just had lots of things. He's my first kid to ever go to the ER for things, but <laughs> so he's wild. But they're they're also great. Yeah, cool. So, how do you? What's your life like now? I mean, you're you're at home with the kids and getting them off to school, and and I guess your youngest isn't quite in school yet, or. Yeah, Grayson's in preschool just a couple okay. days a week. So yeah, it's it's good. I spend a lot of time just doing things with them. Josh owns a business. So interesting story. Josh and I actually bought my father's business in 2018. Oh, so wow. my grandfather, we owned a towing business. My grandfather started that in 1970. So my dad bought that when I was born. So that's all I've known my whole entire life. So Josh and I bought that in 2018. So we do that 24-7. So oh, that wow. keeps Josh super busy. And so I help him with all of that stuff. I do all of his accounting and when he's in a bind and needs help, I can take over and answer his phone and dispatch. So that, it gives me a lot of flexibility to be able to be with my kids though. So yeah. Did you grow up sort of doing odds and ends with your dad in that business or? I, when I quit dental assisting, when I had Carson, um, I worked for my dad a little bit, a couple days a week and my mom would watch the kids and I would kind of 
do his dispatching and help him out a little bit. And then when they go out of town, we'd go move into their house for the weekend and run their business. Josh and I would. Mm. So, but I've seen it my whole entire life. That's what I grew up with my dad doing a 24 seven business and always going out on calls. And I remember going out with him in his tow truck and doing that all growing up. Mm -hmm. So it's all I've ever known. So when Josh graduated from school in business and wanted to start a business, it kind of was the right timing for my dad to be done with his. So it worked out perfect for us to buy it from him and Josh to run that. So does your dad ever jump, jump it back in and help out or? So he actually works for us. So he's like semi-retired. So he works for us just (laughs) three days a week from seven to five and and he does like oh, all nice. of our maintenance on our trucks. So he's an awesome mechanic and he's uh-huh. really good at what he does. So so are you ever driving the tow trucks around and towing cars or? Oh no, I could never. <laughs> ride. I'm barely driving my car. No, I'm just kidding. So no, I don't. I just help him with the phone with the and the stuff, thing yeah. and plan his parties and things. So that's really nice. all I do. But nice. it's, so that keeps us a little busy, but it also gives us the flexibility that I can be with the kids and yeah. do all their stuff all day. So it's, it's fun. We're in the thick of it, right? All the activities taxiing mm-hmm. them from here to there and doing all the basketball and the gymnastics. And that keeps us busy all day, the yeah. homework, the schoolwork. So on like a date night, uh, you and Josh, what, what fun things do you like to go and do? So Josh is a huge basketball fan. Okay. A jazz, the jazz? Fan. Okay. Yes. So that's funny. Date night last night, we went to the jazz Lakers oh, really? game. So we spend nice. a lot of time at the jazz games. So we try to do that for date nights or go out with friends. Like I said, we have a lot of good friends that live in the area that have kids the same age. So all Mm -hmm. my kids have little best friends and the kids I grew up with. So it's super fun. So we'll do dinner with them a lot. So that's fun. Just, yeah, any, we always tease any date night's a good date night, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can actually make it happen. Any night away, huh? So yeah. yeah, Did you, I mean, was it not even a question of whether you'd stay in American Fork since you were both grew up here and it was just natural that way. Yeah. And both of our families are here. All of Josh's family's here. All of my family's here other than my one sister. So it was, yeah. we always knew that it would be home. Yeah. So Josh decided I, before he left on his mission, he had told his grandfather who owned this property that we live on that he wanted that piece of property one day. So Josh had decided long ago that he was going to stay here and with our business being here, it just worked out. Oh, cool. You said your in-laws own this piece of land. Josh's grandfather oh, did. Oh, grandfather yes. did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So it's been in the family a while. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It's been awesome. So obviously there's lots of people moving into the ward and, you know, even, you know, I didn't grow up too far. I grew up in West Valley, so I knew of American Fork. I'd driven through it several times. But for those that are not, who are new to American Fork, like, give us the lowdown. What do we need to know? Where should, what do we got to do definitely? Or the restaurants or whatever. What, how would you introduce someone to American Fork? Okay. American Fork is awesome. One of my favorite things about American Fork is I love when they do their holiday week in the summer, Steel Days. That's something. Steel days. Steel days. Oh, okay. I uh-huh. didn't know this was a thing. Wow. Yes. So they have their city days and still days is what it's called uh-huh. always in July. So that's something that I've done growing up my whole life. Going to the carnival comes to town, right? The parade, the baby contest, all the fun things like that. So that's something okay. that is fun to get out and get calendar. involved in. Yes. Yeah. They do an awesome fireworks show and things like that. <laughs> so that's still days is super fun. There's a lot in American Fork that's fun, and there's a lot of history here. That's why it's fun just to get out and explore and see what, yeah. what's around, right? I love yeah. that we're so close to the canyon, you know, going up American Fork Canyon. We like to hike to the Timp Cave. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's done that, but that's super fun. And you can go and tour the cave, or you can just hike up and down, and it's a whole paved three miles round trip up and down. They did a challenge a couple of years ago to hike it 100 times during that summer. 
Wow. And I didn't make a hundred times. Both my parents did, but they would go. So there was a huge group of people in the community that were up there every day. Wow. So it's a fun thing. So mountains are beautiful, right? There's just a ton, ton of great stuff here. Lots of good people. So what's the story of you being called as a Relief Society president? (laughs) That was a shocker story, right? I... It was good. I remember when the word split, it was difficult. Word splits are always difficult when you feel like you've been somewhere for a little while, right? So Mm -hmm. we had split off from a lot of our good, good friends that we were with in the previous ward. So we had kind of had hard hearts on about that for a little bit. And we, I said, I'm just going to lay low for a little bit. We need a minute. And (laughs) I remember getting a text from brother Barrett that the bishop wanted to meet with me. And oh, I remember just thinking, no, it can't be, but (laughs) It was, it's been such a huge, huge blessing though. I'm so grateful for it. And it takes us super far out of our comfort zone, right? Yeah. It's something that's totally not natural for me, but it's, it's amazing how the Lord takes you and magnifies you into just what he needs you to be. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the love you feel for, for everybody else. It's amazing. I never had realized that before you hold certain callings in the church and then you realize how you see someone the way the savior sees them. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to uh, knock on a door of someone you've never met and instantly feel this love for them that is the love the savior has for them. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know these people at all. They're new moving here from somewhere, you know, maybe a different state. And all of a sudden I see them for the first time and introduce myself and I'm overcome with just love for that person. Yeah. Yeah. So I would imagine, so the, the bishopric was called one week and then you got a phone call that following week. Is that how it worked out? Yeah. You know, and I remember when I was thinking, we're going to lay low in the new ward. And then I got a text the first Sunday from president Wright. <laughs> And he has been a good family friend of Josh's family forever. I love the man. And he had uh-huh. texted me and asked if I would say the opening prayer and sacrament on the very first week of the Harbor Ninth Ward, if I uh-huh. would say the prayer. And I thought, oh, that was like my slap in the face of like, come on, you're not laying low. You got to <laughs> jump in. Let's be involved. Yeah. So I remember, yeah. And then it was the next, that following week when I got the text to meet with the bishop. Yeah. So was there any story behind uh, how the process you went through to pick counselors or? That is, that's a cool cool experience. I love revelation is one of the most amazing things. I think you have experiences like that. And that's one of the things for me that it's makes the church is true. It's undeniable Mm -hmm. when you have those revelatory experiences like that. I didn't know any of my counselors or my secretary before. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's amazing to look over a list of names and pray over them and then just have some of them that all of a sudden pop out. And then looking back, seeing how it all worked out, you know, how we fit together so well. When I look for counselors, I always try to call things that I'm not. And maybe mm-hmm. that's a weird approach, but I'm not super outgoing. I'm not super great with words. So I always try to look for someone who's fun and outgoing. Mm-hmm. I'm the more behind the scenes, put it all together. So I'm like, I need to call some fun people that people want to be around and then I'll just plan it. And then <laughs> they'll be the fun ones. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Awesome. And it's worked out so far. It's worked out. They're amazing, amazing women. There's so many amazing women in this world. Yeah. We're so blessed. Anything else in, in the context of Relief Society worth mentioning, like, uh, you know, what you're trying to accomplish, how you connect with the women there, um, how, you know, it seems like every time I, after church, like the Relief Society, they have this delicious snack and I'm thinking, come on, what elder score was, where's our snack, right? I have to give credit to my counselors for that because yeah. we had talked a lot about helping sisters feel involved and get to know each other. And they said, well, we need to have snacks. That'll, that's how people <laughs> that's right. stay is if we advertise their snacks. So we've made it a point to try to make a different snack each month and invite the, invite the sisters to stay after. Awesome. Is it? I feel like our biggest thing right now is just getting to know people, right? Yeah. I mean, our ward is growing so quickly. I think we're almost 250 sisters. So at this point, it's just coming together and getting to know people. Yeah. 
So I think the snacks are a great way to do that or coming to the activities. You know, I think that's, we've been getting about 50 sisters at our activities each month and that's a great way to get to know people. Right. So, and I think, and we rely a lot on the sisters through getting to know their neighbors or their ministering assignments because it's a lot for us to know everyone's needs, you know? So it's, it's nice to have, we've got amazing, amazing sisters. It's, yeah, it's, so a, great. it's a great word. Every week I just love meeting new people and seeing the new people come in and, and everybody's welcome here, you know, even though sometimes you don't fit in the sacrament there in the, today, the chapel, the different chapels, a little, little tight, but that's all right. You know, we all fit and it all worked out. So yeah, I'm so blessed. Nice. Um, so now, uh, like, how do you describe your faith today? You know what? It's, I feel like it has been a big year for me with my faith. I've always known the church is true, and I, I've always thought it was so interesting. I've never had a one big experience where it was like that experience mm-hmm. taught me that the church is true. Some people have these conversion stories or these big experiences. I remember talking with my mother-in-law about that one day, and she was telling me, you know, sometimes I wonder if some of us just have the gift to know. We just know that it's true and we don't need to have one of those huge experiences. And I feel like that's kind of always been me. I've always known it's true. I've never questioned that. It's always just been something I've known, but I feel like it's been huge for me this last year, especially in come follow me as we've studied the new Testament is learning the stories of Christ and coming to know my savior in a totally different way than I never had. I didn't grow up reading the scriptures, I didn't do family night. That wasn't something that I had in my home. So I always joked that I was kind of on a primary level. When I was the young women's pre- president before this, I felt like that was where I belonged. That was kind of my level of faith. So it's been a big growing year for me to really come to know my Savior and these stories of Him. I wasn't really able to ever rattle off my favorite scripture stories or be super familiar mm-hmm. with them, like a lot of kids that grow up in homes where they talk about that a lot. So it's been big year for me to learn all of those stories and really come to Feel the Savior's love and know that through all through Him I can do anything. Yeah, you know, awesome. Any um, like when you look at the future of the future life of Jenica, like what any ambitions or things you want to accomplish, or uh, you can speak into existence here today through this podcast, or what what comes to mind? What what ambitions do you have for the future? Yeah, you know what? I just want to be a family gal, I guess. I don't know. Maybe as crazy as it seems, I just see my kids growing up, getting married, being a grandma and having a house full of people. That's That's my favorite thing is just having tons of people in our home. That's something we like to host and have people all the time. And I hope that it just continues to be a place where we gather tons of family and friends and just be surrounded by our loved ones. Cool. That's That's big for me. I think we'll be here for forever is our plan. I don't see us ever moving or leaving our house. So this is kind of Forever for us. Yeah. yeah. So any um, any hidden hobbies we haven't touched on mm-hmm. or like nuances that few would know that uh, maybe you'll let us peek behind the curtain a little bit? See, this is my least favorite question. Hobbies. <laughs> I get this. This is my number one question when I visit with sisters is what are your hobbies? And I always think I'm like a mom of three drowning. I don't have any hobbies. <laughs> I've got time. <laughs> Want me to quilt? Mom, Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> momming is my hobby, but I. That's cool. So I thought I need to come up with some hobbies. So I'm talking about Josh with about this, and he said that I'm really good at spending money. That that was one of my hobbies. <laughs> so I said, lots of Amazon boxes yeah, out front. Huh? I mean, that's not a good hobby, but I was trying to think about this. I love to plan events and host people, oh, so really? maybe that's a hobby. But I decided for 2024, I needed to come up with a real hobby. So I've decided to start reading. So okay. I. What are we at? January 14th. And I've read one book so far. What'd you read? A nonfiction book. I can't tell you the title of it because I don't remember right now. <laughs> okay. But Sorry, it I'm was. On the spot. I probably want to think. 
the se- secret life of bees? A secret oh, yeah. about a, a beekeeper? A servant? Yeah. 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 So I read that. I have not read a book other than the third grade battle of the books with my daughter, Chloe, in years. So my goal for this year is to read more books. Okay. So that's going to become maybe my new hobby. I nice. don't know. So if anyone wants to do a book group, they should call and invite me to come to it. So then it will force me to yeah. read something. So uh, you've always enjoyed reading, but it's just like one of those things that just doesn't happen. So Yeah, I've never been a great reader. I was like the math person. I okay. like the math and the chemistry. The English side of things is not my strong point. So I was never a great reader and didn't have a love for reading growing up. So I've tried to make that be a new thing this year. So we'll see how far I get. All right. So I always try and think of like a, a question or a dynamic where people can approach you at church and either ask you a question or maybe give you a suggestion. That could be it. That if any good books that people will recommend, they yes. can come in and you're ready to read. I'm ready for the book list. I always okay. have read self-help books. I feel like that was like the thing. I always needed to read these books that were going to make me better, and I never <laughs> finished them. So now I'm like, maybe I need to read nonfiction books. Yeah. Maybe I just need a minute to check out and read something, yeah. a good story. So yes, I want the book suggestions, and if they do a book group, I want to okay. be invited. All right. All right. Well, it sounds like the Word Relief Site president is mandating a book group, so I'm, that's how I heard it, but no. Um, and any other principle, story, concept uh, that we need to make sure we, we, we mention, you mentioned before we wrap up, or what do you think? Do we cover it all? Yeah. I don't, that's Jenica in a nutshell. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not very exciting. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, all right. So last question I have where you go 100 years in the future, with you have this house full of grandkids, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe a few great grandkids in there, right? Oh, you get out of your time machine and you, have, you get to tell them one message. What would you tell your posterity 100 years from now? It would be to make sure that they are present. That is my word for 2024 is to be present. And that's something I've thought a lot about with all the distractions in the world and everything competing for our attention. I'm just focusing on being present in that current moment, undivided attention, whether it's with my kids, whether it's with someone I'm visiting with, whatever it is, just being present and enjoying that moment because that's the moment you'll never get back. 